Boss Uncaged is a weekly podcast that releases the origin stories of business owners and entrepreneurs as they become uncaged trailblazers. In each episode, our hosts, S.A. Grant and guests construct narrative accounts of their collective business journeys and growth strategies. Learn key success habits and how to stay motivated through failure, all while developing a boss uncaged mindset. Break out of your cage and welcome our host, S.A. Grant. Welcome, welcome back to Boss Uncaged Podcast. This is a bonus episode. So today's episode, I'm titling it Five Secret Ways to Help You Take Result-Focused and Effective Notes. So now you're probably wondering, like, why are we so drilling down into being result-driven and so focused into taking effective notes? Well, the reason for that is just in the last week, I've finally released my eight book, right? So the title of this book is called A Guided Book Journal for the Uncaged Boss, a practical business book lover's guide to how to take actionable notes, organize and catalog reading logs for success. Okay. That's a long title, right? And I'll probably do a whole episode just about naming books and and keywords. But for right now, if you're interested in the book, I definitely would say go over to bossandcage.com slash journals. Again, that's bossuncaged.com slash journals. So I'm gonna tell you a little story about like the why I wanted to kind of give in dive a little bit more deeper into like the five secret ways to kind of really take notes and understanding like how notes can affect your results and how you can kind of find success through the type of notes that you're taking. So I'm a big believer in like devouring content, right? Like I read audio books like religiously, like every single day I'm listening to 20, 30, 40 minutes here and there. So every day it adds up to like an hour, two hours, sometimes even three or four hours worth of content. And then I want to take action on that content. This is part of one of the reasons why I created like the Boston Cage Book Club as I was interviewing different people on the show and I started asking them that, that telltale question about, okay, what books have you read on your journey? What books are you reading now? And have you had an opportunity to author any books? So through those questions and through the book club and through general reading and talking to other people about what books they're reading, I've always realized that some people take notes in books. Some people read a book and they'll put it down and they won't take action on what they read. Hence why I kind of created this book to help stimulate the note-taking process to remove it from the book that they're reading, okay, part of the journey of education is if you write something down somewhere else, it becomes more sticky. So writing in, in inside of a margin of a book is great, but if you write it in another journal, an external journal from that, is even a greater chance of you remembering that key takeaway. In addition to that, it was like, okay, great. So now we, we kind of have a journal. We have the key takeaways moving into this space. But let's just go a little bit deeper. Let's create a system of journaling and note-taking. That way, you could take 90 books with you in the palm of your hand in one book, one journal. So you'll have this one book that could have all the key notes, key takeaways, right? Let's say if you're studying real estate, you're reading 90 real estate books. Well, now you would have a summary of all those 90 books in the palm of your hand in the one journal book. So... 
I did a journey, right? And I started researching like all the different note-taking strategies. And that's how I came up with like the layout for the book, the contents for the book, which, you know, if you go to bossacage.com slash journals, you, you can definitely see all that information there. But so today we're going to dive into like the five secret ways to really understand how to take notes and focus for results. So this go into the first step, right? First step is understanding what method to use because there are honestly there's like dozens of different journaling and note-taking methods so in my case what i really found that was highly useful and i took you know pieces of them to kind of frankenstein them together to make this new journal so the first one is the cornell method those of you that know about the cornell method or don't know about the cornell method everyone has seen the cornell method right so the cornell method to, to best describe it is Essentially, you have rules on a page, like standard college rule or standard rules that are going across the horizontal line of this page. But then near the, the left hand or the inside margins, there's usually a single rule going from the top of the page to the bottom of the page that divides the page up essentially to say 10%, 90%, right? So the Cornell method is essentially designed to where the body of the page, the 90% that on the right-hand side or the left-hand side of that rule is essentially for your note-taking. You can write down your notes and write down summaries. The 10% with that rule going down the page, essentially you can put like your key ideas. We'll dive into key ideas a little bit later in this episode. But it allows you to say, I'm taking notes on a particular topic, right? Almost like a list. If you're making a grocery list and you're putting it down on the left-hand side, and on the right-hand side, you're writing summaries of like cook times, additional things that you need to, to have besides the actual key ingredients. That's what the Cornell method is designed to do. And obviously at the bottom of the page, you can summarize everything that you wrote in that page. So that's the Cornell method. That's one of the selected methods, right? Then after that was the outline method. Well, I'm an author, so outlining books makes perfect sense to me, right? how to stage a book, like the intro, the outro, the key takeaway, you know, and I'm not necessarily talking about fiction. I'm talking about like nonfiction books. Nonfiction books are essentially a method of education. So think of it from that standpoint. First, you need to introduce someone to, to the, like I did with this, I introduced you guys to the topic we're talking about, right? Then I'm saying, okay, we have five different things we're going to talk about. Well, each one of those five things would easily be the outline for my chapters, and then at the end will be a conclusion, right? A takeaway, an activity, something for you to do. So the outline method made perfect sense to me as well, right? Then the charting method. Well, I'm a big guy that works in Excel spreadsheets. You guys have heard my wife on, on the show a dozen times talking about our spreadsheets will be utilized for the podcast. And it's obviously, you know, it, it's a task in itself, but it's fun, right? She's a numbers girl and I, I'm kind of a technical guy. At least half my brain works that way. So understanding the charting method, a charting method, essentially look at it from an Excel spreadsheet standpoint. And then in the spreadsheet at the top, you could have your titles for every column. And then on the left-hand side, you could have additional information. So I can say, hey, on the left-hand side, I want to talk about cars, right? On the top navigation, I want to talk about repairs. So then I can say, hey, this car needs this repair in this month. These three cars need the tires rotated. So again, I'm just collecting data and I'm placing it on a chart. And then that chart keeps all this information collective inside of that one document. 
that's a, a definition of the charting method, right? Then we go into number, well, let's just say D of number one, which is bullet dot or quadrant journaling method, right? Some of you are familiar with dot journals. Some of you are familiar with the alternative to dot journals, which is bullet journaling and quad journaling. So quad journaling is essentially the grids, right? You can have a piece of paper and it's completely gridded, right? It's squares all over this 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 book, right? These pages. Then you have the dots. Now dot journaling is, is, is a monster in itself, like bullet journaling, that it's a page completely covered in dots that are equally spaced that allows you to create any lines, any boxes, or any additional grids or systems that you need to take your notes. You could draw pictures in them. You can draw vertical lines, horizontal lines. You can make blocks, titling. Obviously, bullet journaling is much more like the kernel, the outline, and the charting all combined. But again, you are creating your own grids based upon what your needs and requirements are. And then last but not least is mind mapping, right? So mind mapping is, is a particular method that, you know, once I got introduced to it from like the art standpoint, I loved it, right? Think of think of the mind mapping method as I'm thinking about a ball, right? And then I'm thinking, okay, what's what else is round? Okay, I have basketball, I have baseball, I have golf ball, right? And then after the golf ball, I'm thinking, okay, golf clubs. Then after the golf clubs, I'm thinking about the green. I'm thinking about the sand. I go to basketball, after basketball, I'm thinking about basketball player, basketball hoop, stadium, fans. So these words are just generating off of the one thing that I started from, which was circle, ball, right? So if mind mapping allows you to kind of make six degrees of separation within keywords, within objects, within anything that you're thinking about, it's a great method to kind of create this content. Prime example, if I'm thinking about cameras, I can say camera, lens, flash, tripod, videographer, video camera, battery, and just keep going off of these different words that all stem from camera. So I was like, okay, these are different five different methods, right? All of these methods could be effective in their own individual way. How would I utilize these methods? Maybe one or two of them, maybe three or four of them, maybe just two of them and combine them to kind of create this journal because the goal of this journal is to be able to summarize or condense 90 books into one book. And the best way to do that is look to see what's already in existence and what's working, right? So for those of you that can't see right now because you're listening, visually, I have on my right-hand side 90 books, okay? This is the representation of what 90 books look like. Right. On my left hand side, I have my new book, which is a journal. Right. So the goal would be to take these 90 books and summarize them and put them into this one journal, which allows it to be more flexible and allows me to travel with it and get to my key ideas very quickly. Okay, so that that goes into the indexing of key ideas, which is number two of the secrets on how to really get the best results on your note taking. Right. So number one, we talked about the five different methods and how to combine those methods. You could utilize any one of those methods for whatever you see fit. But when you get into index of key ideas, that's during my research is when I really found like like this is golden. Like, why haven't I heard about this before? Why aren't people using this? Right. Everyone is familiar with indexing. But the index of key ideas was such a goldmine for me. I had to include that in this book. 
So what is the index, right? What is the index of key ideas? So the index of key ideas is essentially a listing method in the front of a book that that way you can then write down a keyword. So in this book, if I'm reading, let's say, for example, 10 books on marketing, right? What's an easy way for me to find those notes later? Because that's one of the biggest hurdles that people, when they take notes, are faced with. You take notes in a journal, you take notes in a notebook, and then you're trying to figure out where those notes are because there's no way for you to index those notes. And that's the drawback to note-taking because then you end up with all these notebooks and you're trying to figure out where in these pages are folded edges, uh, seven different bookmarks, but where is the one note on marketing that I took six months ago? So the index of key ideas is essentially a listing method that you put in front of the book directly you know, after you're talking about the table of contents, and then you leave the user with the capabilities of writing in their own index. It's such a simple and ingenious idea. It's kind of like, why aren't people using it? So in this particular journal, in the front of the book, we obviously we listed out two pages worth of blank pages with rules on them to say, okay, this can be marketing. This could be self-help. This could be business strategy, right? And then in addition to that, thinking about like the charting method. So the charting method essentially, again, it's a grid. So I was like, okay, what would it look like if we mix the index of key ideas with the charting method? And the only thing we will need to do with the charting method is just use numbers. So on the left-hand side, you have essentially one through, say, 25. On the right-hand side, you have one through 25 or one through 20. Again, it's just the philosophy of using this system. So if you write down a keyword for marketing, on your left-hand page next to number one. Now, when you get to your journaling pages, well, now I know exactly where that is because I'm using in the margins, again, using the charting method. I have an icon or a symbol or a block that's on the top left that's black with a number one in it. And then all my noting pages has similar content as well. On every single left-hand page, there's a number system in there. So all I would have to do is highlight the number one to indicate that in the index of key ideas that this number one represents marketing. It's as simple as that. And again, obviously there's no visuals, right? And I'm explaining this because again, it's like telling the story, like how did this evolve? How did this come to it to existence, right? So that's what the index of key ideas are. It's a recording method for your main points. It's a things to do list for your books which again, is nothing new, it already existed. But why aren't we using it to catalog in our note-taking, right? So let's go into number three. Secret number three is the ledger of contents, right? So now you're thinking about, well, well we already have indexing, why, why would we need a ledger of, of contents? Like what is a, a ledger of, of contents? Well. It's another way for you to catalog with inside the same exact journal, but a different method, right? So in the index of key ideas, you're saying that, hey, this is a general study of topic. This is a general keyword, whether it's real estate, marketing, branding, whatever it is, that's the word that you're going to use. And you're going to utilize that numbering system to 
indicate multiple different pages and multiple different books that you're reading in a journal. The ledger of contents, much like a ledger that you would utilize as an accountant, is based upon transactions. So every time you input a book title, that is considered to be a transaction. Every single time you input a chapter, that is considered to be a transaction. It is like old school thinking of, okay, I have my checkbook and I need to balance my checkbook. I'm going to turn to my checkbook page. I'm going to write down the checkbook number and I'm going to say, hey, I use this check on that, right? The ledger of contents is much like that in the sense that I'm just keeping track of the books that I'm reading in the front of the book. So again, with the problem with note-taking is that you may be taking writing down content for a particular book. You may have written it down inside of the book itself. But again, if you're traveling or if you don't have access to bring 90 books with you on your travels and you want to access the information at hand in a journal to have to say, okay, ledger input number one is the five second rule. Ledger input number two is traffic secrets. Well, it makes it really easy for me to do what when I'm looking at that journal later on. I can go to the ledger of contents, look for the book that I'm looking for, and look for the page number associated to that input value and just turn to that page in the journal. It makes it 10 times easier than trying to fish through journal or multiple journals to find that content that you're looking for. So that's the reason why I was trying to figure out like, okay, key index is great for indexing keywords, Ledger of contents is really good for inputting data, right? Again, every single time there's a transaction, you log that transaction. So then going into number four, the journal entries, right? So again, you could have a plain old book to just fill in the information, but what would it look like if this data was more guided, right? So a bullet journal in a sense, kind of, you could go online, you could do YouTube searches for how to utilize a bullet journal because a bullet journal is free form. It allows you to create content, create grids, create layouts. There's even stencils for bullet journaling in today's world. You can buy a pack of stencils to use to kind of make different grids in your bullet journal, right? Also in the Cornell method, well, there, there's rules in there and, and you're supposed to use the left-hand side for a particular content. So in, in a sense, there's simplistic guided mechanisms in the original five methods. So I was like, what would that look like if I make it a com combination of those and make it more of a data entry kind of thing, right? So that way, when I'm looking back at these journal notes, not only are they highly organized, but they're highly effective in the sense that I can go back and find key information very quickly, and I can utilize those key takeaways very fast as well. So first and foremost is like, I'm asking questions right? Why are you reading this book? That's to be the first question before you even turn the page. It shouldn't be the cover of the book. Yes, the description on the book is kind of intriguing and it pulls you into the book, but why are you reading the book is a primary question. Like, what are you planning to get out of the book should be another question, right? Like, who is the author of the book, right? Right now I'm reading, um, Gladwell, right? And his, and like, I've read a couple of books here and there, but I'm just like, this one particular book, it's, it's called The Tipping Point. I'm just like, dude, like, this is a great book. 
I got to document what I'm reading about this book. And then I want to find more books from this guy later on, right? Because I've read some of his books, but he's, he's a highly effective author. So he's written probably a dozen books that I have not read yet. So that gives me opportunity to kind of document that information, right? In addition to that, in the physical book, I could highlight things. But the problem with highlighting in a physical book, it goes back to this problem. I can highlight on page 300, page 50, page 23, and I'm highlighting a summary, or I'm highlighting something I want to look up, or I'm highlighting a word that, that's a really cool word that I want to use for something, or I'm highlighting an idea that was something that made me think about creating something. But the problem, again, is without me jotting down all these different notes in, in the book next to the highlighting, it kind of gets lost over a period of time. I'm going to have to reread that chapter or reread that page to kind of get more detailed context. In. Or using a journal, I can put in highlight and I can put an like an icon, right? So we've created a series of different icons to represent simple things like more research, highlighted content, um, look up a particular word. So with these icons, in this journal, it allows you to say, okay, on page 28, I have a highlighted item. And in the book, you just have a highlight, right? But in the journal, you could define what that highlight is in more detail, okay? Or you could put your notes in the book, but at least now in this journal, you have a reference point to where all of your highlighted content, all of your additional ideas, words that you want to look up are all indicated by simple icons, right? And we're talking about stars, quote marks, um, asterisks, like simple things like that to make it to where it's very comprehensible and very simple, right? So that's what the journal entries are all about. It's documenting the key takeaways, asking questions, using icons to symbolize where you are in that particular book passage, what popped out to you, what do you want to look up later, right? And then in addition to that, if you go into number five, so just to recap, you want to choose your method, okay? You want to figure out if you're going to use a Cornell method, if you're going to use an outline method, a charting method, a bullet or a dot method, or mind mapping method, right? And then you want to think, okay, well, how am I going to catalog or organize my content in my note-taking? Hence why indexing of key ideas would be golden in anyone that's really big on taking notes and journaling. Second to that would then be the ledger of contents, right? Every single time you put an entry point in, you're going to take a note about a particular book or about something, you would go into the ledger and document the name of whatever that event or that book is. So later on, it makes it 10 times easier for you to find it. Journal entries, again, you want to ask questions. You want it to be structured. You want it to be simplistic in the sense to where you get to... 30 entries, and it's routine. You're just filling in the blanks. It's like you're filling out a basic intake form for the books or the chapters you're reading. So later on, you can regurgitate that information because they're in smaller blocks of content that's easier bites for you to swallow. And then last but not least, right, number five, right, the, the fifth secret, and I think probably is the most important secret out of the four that I just listed, is take fear-free notes. Be fearless in your note-taking. Again, nobody else is going to be listening or reading or recapping your notes. Speak your mind. If that 
book was garbage and say it was garbage. If that particular chapter could have been better than say it could have been better. But freeform your writing. Let your creativity flow inside your journal note taking. Do not hinder yourself in thinking that you're going to be judged by that content. Because again, this is for you to be able to take action later. This is for you to be able to grow and strategize based upon the content that you're reading, right? So in addition to that, you want to write additional notes. So you have your structured notes. And again, in this journal, there's structured notes and then there's unstructured pages. So you can do free form bullet journaling style, right? Because again, there's different types of people, different types of personalities, and some people really like structure and some people want structure, but they also want additional content. So think about your free form writing as a, a dot journaling page that's itemized for you to do whatever you want with, but it also includes the key elements of the key indexing. So again, in your key indexing, you can say, hey, this particular book is about how to take pictures with a Canon E, uh, Canon 60D. And again, that, that key indexing could just be cameras. But now inside your free journaling, you're just writing that at the top. You, you highlighted number three, and then number three in the key, in indexing of key ideas is about cameras. And now you have an access point to reference to later. In addition to that, as you're reading these books and you're documenting notes and you're taking all these different journal entry points, another key thing about it just being free form is if you're reading a book by an author or a particular publisher, you, with the next thing you should do within a period of time of reading that book is to do more research on that person. Go into Amazon, do a Google search, see what are the books they have. Because you may have walked into a book series on book number 10 of a 20 book series, right? So you need to figure out, okay, well, I want to give this guy more justice. I love his content or her content. How do I find more of them? You do research and you document them in your journal. It's that simple. So that way later on, you could have a checklist of additional books that you could read later on. Another part of the free journaling aspect of number five, a key secret would be new vocabulary words. So if you're reading or listening to a particular journal, you come across a word that you may have never seen before, this is how you're going to expand your palette. This is how you're going to expand the definition of the lingos and be able to play with the dialogue and the dialect and manifest these new terminologies by combining and understanding these words. But first and foremost, you have to identify these words. So why not write these words down in a journal, look them up and write the definition next to them, okay? So then later on, when you go back into it, you go to your index of key ideas and you're looking up cameras and then you figured out something about f-stop. Maybe you didn't know what f-stop was before, but now you know what the definition of that word is and you know how to find it because you have it listed as a camera item in your index of key ideas. So formulating these different components and Frankenstein and this monster that, that I'm creating into this journal is not to pitch the journal, but it's for you, the listener, to understand that you can take elements of the world around you and create something new that's just for you or for your target audience to listen and review and to use. Again, I, the only reason why I made this journal was because it, I needed something for myself to be fixed. And I have a community of listeners and readers in my book, book club that I wanted to give them something to maximize, to get the best return of all the information that we were documenting and reading. But where will we put all that documentation and be able to have access to? So the last thing, again, I want to just talk about is be creative. Do not hinder yourself 
by thinking that, oh, this is stupid, or this is crazy, or this is too much. Again, these journals are designed for you to take information in as you see it coming into you. So you don't have to fill out every single page. You don't have to take everything that I'm saying and do it. But I'm telling you, if you take at least one of these five secrets and you apply them, the results may shock you, okay? Just to close out and recapping, choose your method, figure out how to use an, an index of key ideas, learn to use a ledger of contents, define your journal entries, again, which you're asking your questions of why, and then last but not least, be fearless in your journaling. So again, I hope that this particular bonus episode is definitely helpful and enlightening to kind of figure out how you can kind of get more results on focusing on effective note-taking. It, it, at first, it may not sound as the sexiest bonus episode, but I tell you, when I, when I mean this wholeheartedly, right, if you decide to, de to devour and to develop your content that you're reading and intaking and figure out a method of use, which could be journal entering or taking notes, then your results would be more reflective versus being lost in all the content, being lost or absent-minded in what are my next steps. These are the components of becoming a boss on Cage. S.A. Grant, over and out. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Boss Uncaged. I hope you got some helpful insight and clarity to the diverse approach on your journey to becoming an Uncaged Trailblazer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. If this podcast has helped you or you have any additional questions, reach out and let me know. Email me at ask at sagrant.com or drop me your thoughts via a call or text at 762 233 boss that's 762-233-2677 i would love to hear from you remember to become a boss in cage you have to release your inner beast sa grant signing off listeners of boss on cage are invited to download a free copy of our host sa grant's insightful ebook become an uncaged trailblazer Learn how to release your primal success in 15 minutes a day. Download now at www.bossuncaged.com forward slash free book.